I'm curious, do you have a really great BS detector? You're, maybe you're often skeptical of others. Are you really street smart? Would you say you're pretty self-assured? You often find yourself being the leader in the group. Maybe you even struggle to ask for help. Do you love a good challenge? Do you fight really hard for the causes you believe in? Do you have a great sense of humor? I bet you're a blast. You might have thought that these were all parts of your personality, but they might actually be coping mechanisms you've picked up over the course of your life, and they're having a huge impact on how you show up, especially on this motherhood journey. Are you curious to know more? You got to take my personality patterns quiz. Here's what's going on. When you were a child, whenever an experience overwhelmed your nervous system, you subconsciously built a defense against that overwhelm. Over time, those defenses became a habit and then they became a pattern. And now as an adult, what we think of as our personality is often this defense pattern running the show. It's so interesting, right? There are five different personality patterns and they're not personality types like the Enneagram or the Myers-Briggs but rather they describe the safety strategies that we immediately go to when we start to feel overwhelmed. They don't describe who we are so much as what's blocking who we are. The good news is that once you take my quiz and learn about your pattern, you can learn skills to break out of that pattern, and then you can live and parent your kids as your true and authentic self. Click on the quiz link in the show notes or go to michellegrosser.com forward slash quiz Now to take my two-minute personality pattern quiz. Listen to some high-energy music. So maybe you can do this in advance. Like maybe this is something you could do this week or this weekend. But just make yourself or find a couple of playlists, maybe on Spotify or YouTube or wherever you listen to music for those tired days. So that when they come, you have that playlist already ready and you know that it never fails to pump you up. So for me, it's this 2000s like R&B and hip hop playlist, because for me, nothing like a little Missy Elliott to get my energy up every single time. And it works. It works even when I'm really tired. Welcome back to the Motherhood Podcast, a live workshop style podcast that is helping thousands of moms redefine their motherhood journey. There was a point in my life when I was trying to do all the things, parent my kids, pour into my marriage, run a busy law practice, keep up my home, and what I found was that I was on the fast track to burnout until I discovered a better way. Now I help women just like you to close the gap between their vision of motherhood and what they're actually experiencing in their day-to-day lives. Together, we'll explore when and where to simplify, systemize, and surrender. I promise you, you're already doing so much better than you think. I'm your coach, Michelle Grosser, and this is Motherhood. Hey, hey, friends. Welcome to the Motherhood Podcast. I'm your motherhood coach, Michelle Grosser, and I am so glad you're here with us today. I wanted to help the sister out today because I read recently that it takes between four and six years after the birth of a baby for the parents to return to pre-pregnancy levels of sleep. What in the what? My youngest is four, just turned four. So I'm believing my breakthrough is right around the corner. I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. 
Uh, so regardless of whether, you know, it's because of your kids, most of us probably do experience some sort of sleep interruption here and there. Maybe it's your pets, maybe it's stress, maybe it's hot flashes, maybe it's health problems, maybe it's just bouts of insomnia. But I think regardless of why, we all have a rough night here and there. And for me, these nights, they used to put me out. Like I'm one of these people who really needs her sleep, right? Like your girl cannot function on four to five hours of sleep. I'm one of those people that need a solid eight or nine, or I'm not even really functioning the next day. And after a bad night's sleep, man, it's almost like I'm in, like I'm impaired. Like even my balance is off, you know, not to mention, you know, my fuse is super short and I'm irritable and I can't focus. So I started just kind of looking into what I could do. Like, what are the things that I could control the morning after I had a bad night's sleep so that I was still able to function the best I could that day on a short amount of sleep? You know, what kind of things I could do for my body, what kind of things I could do for my mind, uh, particularly on those mornings, just to try to get through the day as best as I could without it being a total write-off. And so I wanted to share some of those things with you today. So before we get into the details of the morning, I just want to take a minute to talk about the things that we can do the night before, just to try to control what we can control to get a better night's sleep. I think bad nights are inevitable, uh, but what we really want to do is we want to try to avoid stacking them up, right? One bad night, fine, we'll, we'll deal with it the next day. But once we start having, you know, two bad nights, three bad nights, four bad nights of uh, disrupted sleep, man, that's when the real problems start to come through. So we want to aim to go to sleep at the same time we usually do uh, night after night, even if we haven't been sleeping well. We want to just get back to a regular, consistent sleep schedule as soon as possible. So we have one rough night. We kind of want to treat it like a sick day, I think. Uh, we want to do what we can to avoid another rough night so the next day can get better, right? It feels better. And then we can just kind of get back to business as usual. So I try to be intentional about my time before bed. A lot of this is really just trying to optimize my sleep condition. So I go to bed early. I cancel anything I need to cancel. If I've had a rough night the night before, I'm talking about the following night, right? I go to bed early. If I had something on my calendar, I need to cancel, I cancel it. I skip, you know, maybe the movie or the scrolling and I just set myself up to have a good night's rest. So I'm not compounding poor night's sleep. And then it's the other things I can control. I just make sure that my room is dark, that it's a, that the temp is set at a cool temperature, trying to keep my devices off and out of the room, things like that. And then for me, I know it's been really helpful to just set my intentions for the next day before I go to bed. So I've spoken about this before, but I'll actually keep my planner or just a notebook or a journal beside my bed. And then I'll jot down whatever is running through my mind, um, the things I'm trying to remember for the next day, the stuff on my to-do list for my businesses or my family, groceries, um, setting appointments, just things like that just to get it all out of my mental space so that when I'm sleeping, you know, the wheels aren't turning as I'm trying to get a good night's rest. And then I write down the top three things I need to get done for the next day to move my family and my businesses forward. 
And just getting those things out of my head and on paper, man, it not only helps me sleep better because it really does allow my brain not to be going 100 miles an hour all night, but it also means that I'm setting myself up for the next morning because when I wake up, I've already decided what I'm going to focus on that day. So if I do end up having a rough night's sleep when I wake up and my brain is you know, at half capacity because I haven't slept well, I don't have to think about what I'm going to do that day. I've already prioritized it the night before. All right. And then the other thing before we get into it is when we do have a bad night's sleep, my encouragement to you is just not to panic, not to panic, not to let yourself spiral. And I say this from experience because I used to do this, especially when my kids were a lot younger. Like I would have a night where I wouldn't sleep and then I would get out of bed the next morning. And all I was thinking about was how awful I felt, how tired I was how I wasn't going to get anything done today. I was so irritable. You know, my body hurt, like whatever it was, right? I was having a hard time focusing. And of course, the more that I was feeding into that and telling myself that, of course, that's what I, you know, was coming to be, right? That's what was living itself out. So if you do have a rough night's sleep, it's not the end of the world. Instead of obsessing over how poorly you've slept and how awful you feel, man, take a minute, get it out of your system. If you got to take five minutes to journal, do that. If you got to take five minutes to vent to your spouse, you know, do that. But then do your best not to dwell on it and just move on, right? You've survived poor sleep before. That's what I tell myself now. Like I've survived poor sleep before. I'm going to get through this. I'm going to use these tools that I have now to help me find some energy and some semblance of productivity in this day. And I'm going to manage this just fine. And then in 24 hours, this day will have passed and I know I'm going to be feeling better. All right. So when we do end up having a rough night's sleep, here are some things that I found really help me to recover as best I can and just make the best of the following day. So the first thing is that you've got to hydrate and move your body. You got to hydrate and move your body. If you've had a rough night and you get out of bed feeling tired, First thing, before you make the coffee, before you put anything else in your body, just grab a glass of water and drink it. You're going to feel even more tired when your body's dehydrated. So you really want to start the day with a large glass of water and continue drinking it regularly throughout the day. And then maybe not what you wanted to hear, but honestly, the most powerful and effective thing I found that helps me kind of bounce back or recover um, I feel just feel better after a bad night's sleep is just to move my body. Movement is really helpful and even better if you can do it outside in the sunshine. And it's so effective for a few reasons, right? First, I mean, we need to counter what our body's been doing, which has been laying down. So like, just get up and move. And then throughout the day, I found like I can schedule um, or set some reminders throughout the day to do these one minute cardio sessions every hour. I was exercising with Amory uh, this weekend, I think. And we were doing some sort of cardio jumping jacks, I think. And she's like, mom, I can feel my heart partying. <laughs> and, that, and that's what we want to do, right? We just want to get our heart partying for a minute every hour. So maybe it's jumping jacks. Maybe it's jump rope. Keep, keep one in your office or, or, you know, in the living room, 
Maybe it's just stopping and doing some push-ups, jogging around your house, right? Maybe it's just a few burpees, but whatever it is, just keep it simple. But just getting your heart rate up for even just a minute every hour, I promise you it's going to make you feel better. It's going to help keep your energy up. It's going to help you stay focused. Um, And that's all it is. It's easy. It's quick. And it really does get you moving and pumped throughout the day when you need it. And then point number two, things I found that are helpful. Don't over caffeinate. Don't over caffeinate. I know when we've had a rough night's sleep, our routine might be the next day, right? To just chug a ton of coffee and try to get through the day. But we really want to avoid over caffeinating. It's actually counterproductive, right? It's going to backfire in the evening. So we're really just setting ourselves up for a rough night of sleep. And we know that caffeine in moderation can help give us an energy boost. Like I'm not telling you by any means not to have coffee, but a cup or two in the morning, it can help you get jump started, help you get going. But man, just don't overdo it. I think two cups of coffee will give you about as much alertness as you're going to get from it. And that's best because, you know, caffeine lasts an average of six to eight hours in our brain. So if you're drinking caffeine, drinking coffee into the afternoon, then what you're doing is you're setting yourself up to turn one night's bad, one bad night's sleep, right? Into another one and another one. And then third, eat some healthy breakfast. (laughs) Get yourself something healthy in your body, right? Some protein, some whole grains, maybe you just scramble a couple eggs and put them over avocado toast. Less than 10 minutes to put together, right? And the days you're feeling off is probably not the morning to have those pastries or that sugary cereal start or whatever it is. Like, sure, you're going to get that little sugar boost, but then you're really going to struggle during the crash. So if that feels like too much in the morning to make a couple eggs and some toast, maybe just put yourself Uh, in a position to make a smoothie, right? Find some fruit, throw it in a blender with some ice and some milk or water or juice or whatever it is that you drink. That's a better start than a pastry or some sugary cereal or nothing at all, right? It'll give you some energy throughout the morning. Um, And then as you go through the day, try to keep your meals small. I've noticed for me that if I have a poor night's sleep and then I have any big meal the following day, or if I eat food that I know is not nourishing and fueling my body well, uh, I just it just aggravates the tiredness. I end up feeling way more tired, way more foggy. Um, so that big meal is really not going to do you any favors. And then the next thing I put on my list is to listen to some high energy music. So maybe you can do this in advance. Like maybe this is something you could do this week or this weekend. But just make yourself or find a couple of playlists, maybe on Spotify or YouTube or wherever you listen to music and um, for those tired days so that when they come, you have that playlist already ready and you know that it never fails to pump you up. So for me, it's this 2000s like R&B and hip hop playlist Because for me, nothing like a little Missy Elliott to get my energy up every single time. And it works. It works. Even when I'm really tired. And then number five, I put to nap if you're a napper. Nap if you can, right? If you can't, no sweat, no worries. Don't stress out about this. Move on. But 
I think whether we've had a good night's rest or not, um, all of our energy levels dip after lunch, right? It's that 2 p.m. feeling. So if you're feeling that 2 p.m. feeling extra hard because you're short on sleep, not time for to reach for the coffee, right? That might backfire in you later. But if you're a napper and you can find the time, if you can find time for a quick 20-minute recharge, that can be really helpful. But keep it at that. <laughs> Any longer is going to make you drowsy and you don't want to sabotage having a good night's sleep the following night. So set an alarm, set an alarm for 20 to 30 minutes. If you can't sleep or you won't fall asleep right away, it's okay. I think any rest you can find is better than nothing. Even just closing your eyes and resting your mind can help you refocus and just give you a little boost for the rest of the afternoon. And then finally, for those of you who have things to do the next day, on the days I'm super tired, like like barely functioning tired, I try to focus on tasks that I'm really passionate about. So the things that really matter to me, really light me up, the things that bring me joy are maybe easier for me to do, um, something that tends to just energize and excite me. And, and what I can do is I can let that adrenaline and let that passion kind of carry me through the work I've got to do that day. So that helps to keep my energy up. I know and notice that if I'm doing work that I find monotonous or if I'm doing something that really takes a ton of deep focus or trying to make really important decisions, I just keep spacing out. Um, and when I'm tired, it's really, really hard for me to get back into the swing of productivity. So. I can just take it easy, right? I'd be smart. I try to be smart about what I'm working on to make the most of it. Um, even just paring down my task list for the day and then reevaluating like, what is a productive day going to look like today, right? What is a productive day going to feel like today, considering all that's going on for me? And then I adjust my expectations, probably bringing them down to a reasonable place just for today. And then that helps me to focus on maybe doing fewer things well, um, but it also helps take away some of the overwhelm and some of that stress that might come if I was expecting to be as productive or get as much done as I do on a day when I get really good night's rest. So big takeaways, friend, do not freak out if you haven't slept well. Don't freak out. Don't let it spiral you. Don't let you know, it become your area of focus for the rest of the day. Nourish your body, food, water, right? Move your body, get outside for a walk, listen to some upbeat music that you like. There's work to do. Allow for some strategic flexibility here because not every day has to be rock star productivity. Not every day has to be like 100 A game, crushing it, motherhood, wifehood, everything, right? Life happens, especially as moms. So friend, we're going to roll with the punches. We're going to slow down if we need to rest. If we need to listen to our bodies, we're holding a lot and trying to do it all, especially when we're short on sleep. Like guys, it's really hard. So give yourself some grace, extend yourself some compassion. I promise you you're doing so much better then you think. If you love mommy's polygraph, leave a review. If you enjoyed this episode, 
It would be so awesome if you could take a moment to subscribe and rate the podcast. And if you have just a few more seconds to leave a quick review, they really help to get this podcast out to other moms like you. I read every last review and trust me, when it's late at night or early in the morning before my kids get up and I'm working on bringing you all of this content, your reviews are what keep me going. Leaving a review is truly the best way you can thank me. And of course, DM me on Instagram at themotherhood.podcast. I love to hear from you. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Motherhood Podcast. Head over to the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at michellegrosser.com where you'll find free resources, information on how to join and participate in the Motherhood Village, and more ways to connect with me. If you love the show, share it with a friend. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll see you next time.